Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, podcast world. Welcome to another amazing, exciting, and you're going to hear about it this time. Rob got Rob got all out of sorts excited. You did. On the, didn't I? You got very excited. I got a little is, more excited is, than usual. Which is saying a lot because you're not always super excited. Really? You didn't. Really? No. Are you no. saying I'm a downer? Is that what you're kind of, is that no. where you're going with this? No, you're even. I'm a bummer. Even to down, even wow. even to down. Wow, the smart one just called me a bummer. Huh. I didn't say bummer. I that just say hurts a little you bit. don't always end a podcast saying that was awesome. I'm a little, I'm 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 hurt. I'm sorry. I'm hurt. I thought I, I thought it. our relationship with was further down the road, but I thought there was honesty in our relationship. Is that not the case? Uh, yeah, only only when, but not hurtful honesty. Oh, I just want happy honesty. Well, if you interpreted it that way, I apologize. Wow. And with a smile on my face. I'll curb my enthusiasm. <laughs> As you should. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting, interesting edition of FNO InsureTech. I am one of your two hosts. We've given ourselves a promotion, Lee and I. We used to be co-hosts. Now we're hosts. Oh, did I you know that we got promoted? I, we I got promoted. And we also got a 100,000 times percent increase in our wage that we're paid to do this. It was a big deal. So big it went deal. from zero to zero. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Sure. We are your hosts on this journey through InsureTech, looking ahead towards podcast number 200 coming up in the near future. What what are we going to do on that one? I, I think we're going to have a big party. A party. I, like I think parties. we're going to have an InsureTech podcast party. Is that going to come out around ITC time? Uh, that'd be cool. We could have a party at ITC hosted by ITC. That that oh, I I wouldn't enjoy that. Okay. I, I I would enjoy that. So today we have with us a, a really, as Lee said, I got all excited, all worked up. Uh, we have the CIO of Obi. Matt Sudica with us from Florida to talk about OB insurance. And I think it's really interesting for a lot of different reasons. What do you think, Lee? I think it is. It's a company who is out there selling insurance for rental homes, right? People who own rental homes. And it, it's a very interesting market. And we're going to get to talk to Matt all about that. We're going to get to talk about the journey that they came on. There is a key acquisition uh, in, involved in this journey. And we're going to get to talk a little bit about InsureTech 1.0, 2.0, and then maybe even think about 3.0. So it's a, a little bit of a teaser right there. When you think about how many rental properties there are in this country and how many owners of rental properties there are, you're talking about an enormous market. And this is a company that had the, the foresight and the vision to take that, take those ideas and do something really clever with it. And yeah. so we'll just move right to it. 
What do you think, Lee? Let's do it. Without further ado, here's our interview with Matt Sudica, CIO of OB Insurance. Hey, everybody. We are here with our guest who's coming to us today from beautiful Florida where there's an anomaly going on in Florida. It's cloudy. Is that right, Matt? <laughs> yes, it is cloudy. And uh, both my staff and I just don't know what to do on cloudy days. Uh, you know, so we're, so, we're sitting here a little sad, <laughs> but we're excited to do the podcast here. So you might as well submit to wasting 45 minutes of your time with a couple of yo-yos, which we really appreciate. We have, we have Matt Sudica with us. Matt is a really interesting cat. He was the co-founder or founder of Skylight Insurance. Yep. Founder Skylight. Yep. Okay. Which was combined with the company that we're going to be talking about today, OB Insurance Services. And he's now the CIO at OB. And that was kind of hard for me to get out, but did I get it right? For the most part? Yeah. I, I formerly was the a founder of Skylight Insurance, which got uh, pulled in and acquired uh, by Obi uh, back in 2020. And now I am sitting as the CIO under uh, Ryan and Aaron, our founders of Obi, and we're rocking and rolling. We're going to put a little spoiler out there. You are an insure tech that's profitable. Is that true? Well, um, yes, we I'm going to say uh, we, we can we can say that I always go back. There was a Silicon Valley episode. If you've watched the show and, and probably Aaron and Ryan are rolling when they finally listen to this. But where it's like, no, 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 no. We don't we don't want to talk about profits. Right. That was like what the VC uh, mm-hmm. was saying. So, so yes, we, we have a lot of aspects that are profitable of our company, which is pretty cool. That's great. Cool. Anyways, we'll move forward from there. That's the least important part. Absolutely. To us, anyways. <laughs> right. Not much to you. But um, anyway, so let's jump in to OB. I mean, I kind of consider OB like a real classic InsureTech story. Both Lee and I do. And so we're really excited to have uh, your company on the show and to talk about it. So let's start by giving us what the heck OB is and what you do. And I got to ask you how you got the name. So... Absolutely. I'll start with the name because that's the softball one, right? So Ryan, our, our, uh, one of our founders and our CEO, I don't believe I know how long ago, but it was a former uh, pet or dog that he owned. And the dog's name was Obi. I didn't find this out till years into it uh, when I was sitting by his computer and he was trying to make a logo for us. And he was making a dog. And I, I made some offhanded comment about, hey, why are we a dog? And you know, anyways, long behold, that's where the actual name came from. I totally assumed it was just some him and Aaron thought of, you know, they went to probably one of those sites that you go to in the insure tech space. And it's like all these rules for what's a cool insure tech name. It's got to be four letters and it's got to, you know, do this and got to be two syllables and stuff. That's what I assumed. But apparently it comes from Ryan's dog. And uh, it's gone from <laughs> a fantastic. name that I, I like to like, I absolutely love it now. It's like, you know, uh, one day maybe it'll have, uh, you know, like a Nike or, you know, McDonald's or some type of ring to it. But right now it's, 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 it's going down a good path. So that's the, the name story. And then to follow up on your other question of what does OB do, which is probably more important is we're, making the experience that you have as an owner in the rental space, you know, starting with the one to four unit faster, more efficient, and, you know, allow you to within minutes go on as an owner and get a rental insurance quote and have the ability to bind it 
So you're not spending a ton of time going out to a, you know, a captive agent or an independent agent and spending two, three, four days to get a quote and all this paperwork. We're really making it where you can do it, you know, at 11 o'clock at night when you're looking at your NOI and you want to just see if you can get a new insurance policy. You know, that's what we're really working on, you know, from a uh, near and dear today standpoint. Overall, we're really wanting to shake up the habitational and multifamily space and just bring things, you know, more faster and more digital to their space or to the arena. That's great. So is the site for for the actual insurance, the actual homeowners who are renting it out or or would insurance agents also use it? Uh, that's a good question. So we started uh, uh, DTC in two ways. So we started, you know, direct to consumers. So they can go onto our site and with minutes, do it yourself. With that, we've also, uh, our kind of big thing that we've been working on is we've embedded um, our services in a lot of the big prop tech players that you'll see out there, you know, from, you know, the Roofstock to Belong Home type of companies. And then we are, um, you know, I can make this announcement out here because it's weeks away. We're actually about to launch into the independent agency channel where you'll be able to get an actual OB contract as an independent agent and be able to sell our products. So yes, we'll hit across all lines here and we're very close to launching that out. But your primary customer is the small real estate investor, correct? Yes, that is the primary like end result, you know, right? It's the investor. However, how we get to that investor is also important to us, right? Like we believe in working with property management, property management companies, lenders, because we believe in insurance. The way someone comes to you is also how they'll leave you. So, you know, if they, if they come to you from Google, they might leave you from Google. And, you know, we believe if we work through property managers and other people who have like, like-minded results or working with the same customer, you know, our focus then is that client has to leave both that property manager and us. Right. And so we really like to work through those channels and provide a service to those property managers that helps them keep the client, i.e. then helps us keep the client as well. And that's kind of our ultimate goal. And so you're referring to the property manager in his or her relationship with the owner of the property. Absolutely. Yep. And okay, cool. And these are owners that may be as small as I own a rental house, one unit, all the way up to, I'm sure, lots and lots of units, correct? Yeah. From uh, your aunt Sally, who decided to flip her one house, secondary house into a rental and she needs insurance to uh, a major company like, let's say, a Fundrise or a Roostock or a Nest Egg that, you know, I what I would call more like institutionally needs the insurance help. Uh, our product works all the way across the board and really, you know, fits those needs of whoever needs to come to us. So what are you doing to separate yourself from the other uh, insurance agents, the other agencies out there who are selling this type of insurance? We read about APIs, we read about data. What are you doing? Is it just that you're bringing this online or is there more behind the scenes that, that makes it faster? You know, so twofold. So actually my first answer to that is we're not really as much trying to separate as crazy as that sounds as we want to work with almost okay. like a, like a Dropbox feel, right? So the reason we went into the space is I've been a broker, both captive and independent, and most carriers don't concentrate on the rental space, right? You know, you think about State Farm or Allstate, they care about the home auto business. They have the rental and maybe even limited at like one or one to five that they'll actually write because they don't want to lose that home and auto because Aunt Sally in that same example wants to get her rental dwelling, right? But they're not concentrated on it, right? 
Same in the independent market. There's very few carriers that if you have a portfolio or you even have that one-off rental that as a broker, you can go right for your client. So our separation is also, you know, wanting to work with, we think that we are huge value to captive and independent agencies to actually write our product because they have the client, right? Again, like I said, we always try to work with who has the client and then provide a, a better service for them and their client. And so we actually think that we can work with the captive agents, independent agents, and the direct-to-channel partners uh, with our product because it really there isn't a great solution out there. And then to go into your follow-up question, of course, we're we're making it faster, more efficient, uh, and easier to use, more digital experience, you know, quote and bind experience. We're also giving that because to end what I found in the world of the IA space or the insure tech space is. A lot of the insured techs have passed said, Hey, we're going to cut out brokers altogether, right? And go at it this way. And then the broker said, Well, I'll never work with an insured tech because, you know, they're trying to take business away. And really, what it is, is there's a middle ground. The, the brokers really could use that tech to write their clients faster. And those insured techs who have the tech could really use these brokers to get into a client base at a way cheaper acquisition cost. And that's where we're, we're trying to live in that, in that middle channel. Um, and I think all insure tech should. So are you an MGA? Is that what you guys are? Or are you an insurer? You're underwriting your own paper. Yeah. So we're, we're Costco right now, to be honest with you. So we started, we got the brick and mortar and we started as selling other people's products, i.e. we would write on other carriers paper. We just launched a few months ago with Munich, our first state on our own MGA, uh, which is Ohio. So we are live in the state of Ohio and that is actually on our own paper up to four units. And that's what we'll continue to do. So that was our Kirkland brand to keep that, you know, example going. And so you'll continue to see that from us is that we can continue to serve customers across all 50 states in a digitalized brokerage in the rental space type of field. And as we can add our own paper and MGA to those states, you'll slowly start to see the Kirkland brand take over and actually have us be the full MGA. Our goal would be to be full MGA in all 50 states. And we'll continue that goal over the next probably 12 to 18 months as we continue to expand. Very similar to what you've seen with some of the other Hippo and Lemonades. The only difference is we have the brokerage in the back. So we actually can do all 50 states while we're adding states of our own compared to just saying, hey, we're just in these states at this time and then losing all that business. There, there was really no reason with our acquisition of my old company, Skylight, not to be able to do both. And it makes a lot of yeah. sense if you, if you think about it. And and digital partners is a part of Munich Re? Yeah. Yep. They, they are digital partners are the ones that run that. I would be lying to you and uh, would be speaking very unintelligently if I went into too depth of that. Uh, Aaron okay. and Ryan have okay. spent most of their time. That was their baby. They they really brought uh, Munich on and, and got that developed. So uh, did a really good job with that. But that's a fabulous step forward for you guys, right? Absolutely. To be able to, to, be able to also capture that part of the equation. So let yes. me ask you, let me ask you about what you're writing. Yep. So aunt Sally decides to make her house a rental house and she probably first calls her agent who she's been with all along. And she says to aunt Sally, Oh sure. You, we can just add that to your policy, right. Or whatever. So what your hope is, is that you can penetrate that agent's book so that that agent says, you know what, we have a product just for this situation. Is that correct? 
Yes, absolutely. Because for 99% of the brokers, agents, whatever you want to call them out there, rentals are a, a side product. They're not their bread and butter, just like the main thing. So we think that IA or captive in that same scenario, yes, they would want to use our product because they might only get a couple rentals a month or even every six months. And they want the fastest, most efficient way to take care of that. You know, home and auto, they're fine with taking their time and really going through their carriers or their carrier if they're captive and, you know, going through all the details. But I, we think with the rental dwelling, like I said, we use Dropbox type of example. You know, we want to be that real easy extension for those, you know, few rentals you get a year. And then, and then if you're a big producer, of course, then, you know, we work for that too. We, you know, we can make you be able to produce a lot in, in an efficient manner. And and is the policy, it must be a somewhat unique policy because it it's not owner occupied. They, they have a renter in there. So, so how's the policy different um, in this case? Absolutely. Uh, it's a, it's a great question. So we, you know, with our background of all we do is to have space, we were able to kind of tailor the policy to not only what a client needs, but also to meet lender requirements, which is like a huge part of the space. So we're going to have the 1 million, 2 million every time on the general liability, right? We're not going to sure. mess a lot sure. of these rental policies. They start going at 500 K and it's just, you, you knock out half the lender. So we did that for one. The other thing is we live in, you know, 2022 now, and we've just gone through, uh, you know, uh, the, the pandemic and everything like that. People live differently. They rent differently. They do differently. You know, so our policy equates for Airbnb, short-term rental, being vacant. You know, we also understand the remodeling aspect of, of the space, right? Where people do have these vacant, they do upgrade them. They do uh, cosmetic uh, renovations. So our policy will cover every aspect. And that's really the unique piece is that most carriers are just flipping a homeowner's policy over as a like rental. And it doesn't really do the things like, you know, for any of your listeners out there that actually own rentals, they understand what I'm saying. They're, it's Airbnb now, it's, it's vacant, it's, it's, it's remodeled. Like that's the stuff that happens, right? Homeowners doesn't do that stuff right, for the most part. So that's really what makes us unique is we actually built our product around our consumer and right. not the other way around. Most brokers are trying to jam their consumer into a product that's in square gray. peg round hole, right? Yep. It'll fit in there. It's not a good fit, but it kind of, yeah. Yeah. And, and like my wife, I'll tell you about a personal experience. My wife is a marriage and family therapist and she is in an old office building and it was actually a home. Okay. And so the owner sold it to a gentleman who's in the process of converting it now into an Airbnb. He lives in the Bay Area, a long way from where I live, but that's his thing is he puts Airbnbs all over the place. Is that one of your customers? Is Airbnb our customer or that, that type of that, person? That type of person. Uh, that type of person would be our, our customer. Yes. Uh -huh. We can handle the Airbnb, the short term. We have even some of our new partners are in things from like the the day to day rentals to the all these shared rentals to uh, what do they call it like even like prorated rentals to like the I mean there's so many different people who are attacking the rental space now and doing things so different and we're equating for that you know we're even like the shared rental is like a thing right like people like it's like a shared room right? We're even equating for that type of stuff and have some partners that uh, are actually making a business out of taking over people's extra space or houses or everything like that and renting them out. 
And we're going to be able to help them ensure that. That's wonderful. I was reading an article here recently about the growth in the rental space, how very few people are able to afford homes anymore. Oh, that's not really what it said, but less people are able to afford homes. And now you have these custom builders who are coming in and no longer building just a bunch of homes. They're building a bunch of rental homes and then they're going to rent them out. And I'm, I'm just wondering, is that something you're seeing? Is the market for rental homes going up or is it staying the same? From what we're seeing, they're, they're going up. And I think that is uh, for a lot of reasons. I mean, the pandemic really, I think, pushed things because, you know, not only are people moving, you know, north to south as it relates to the United States, you know, when you do that and you have high moving, it's going to naturally, in my opinion, increase the, the rental market from just the simple thought process of a lot of people want to like, try it out for a year or try it out for six months, you know, and then the other reason why I think the rental is going up is the ability to get a home right now or like purchase a home is kind of hard, right? Like, you know, they're, they're overbid over purchasing a lot of people that, uh, are buying these homes, right? So it's not just the builders who are building rentals, but I'm seeing where a lot of builders and investors are buying homes that normal people would live in. Right. And they're outbidding and they're getting it and they're forcing people into the rental. So I think everything that's going on in the marketplace right now is forcing people into the rental space. And I do think that uh, also with a lot of these prop tech partners that we have too, these companies are making it easier for, you know, the mom and pops to own rentals and mm-hmm. have profit. And, you know, like I'll take for me, like, I don't know what I'm doing as far as like day to day to be a property manager of a single family rental and get anything. But if I have some cash, there's so many companies out there, you know, these prop tech companies that I can, they'll even help you like purchase a rental. And you basically just sign up for this like ROI to NOI type of deal with them. And they say, Hey, you're going to apply for a loan. We're going to find you the house. We're going to rent it for you. And then this is what you make. And so there's so many of those out there that's also increasing the rental space in a good way because it's allowing a person access to an investment in the real estate space that never existed before. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. That, like I find this to be this whole, this whole world that you're talking about fascinating. I mean, and it led us to uh, look at roof stock. Yeah. Can you just tell our audience real quick what Roofstock is and what they do and how you fit into their equation? Yeah. So, uh, so Roofstock is a partner of ours. And so where we fit in is they are, we are providing them a, an embedded solution, you know, for their people. So people come to their, uh, site and work with them to basically do what I just mentioned to get involved with investment properties in a more systematic way. You know, one of the bigger names too, that people hear about is like Fundrise, right? Like, you know, yeah. they're basically allowing the everyday person to get more access into investment properties. And through that, those individuals need faster access to, you know, information as it relates to taxes. They need faster information that relate to pricing on insurance. And so we're building embedded services within their platform to allow their customers that ability to, you know, get their insurance in a timely manner. And, you know, what I always say is, and the reason why we went with these uh, and started working with a lot of these prop techs is that we have the same type of customer, someone who would want to go to a roof stock or a nest egg or a fundrise or a belong home or you name it, right? There's someone who is looking for efficiencies. There's someone who uh, wants to kind of do some investing on their own, but they want some help, right? Why wouldn't they want those same characteristics about their insurance? 
And that's what we're helping them provide. It's, I mean, it's a natural fit. It's yep. completely natural. It's one of the, one of the things on the checklist that must be taken care of. Absolutely. It, it, you know, it just goes to the, uh, the overall, there's a lot of crowdsourcing for funding on real estate deals. There's, like I said, there's partial shares. There's companies now, uh, I just saw one the other day. It's really cool that you can actually be like a fourth or an eighth owner of a vacation property. So there's all types of different ways you can be an investor now in the rental space mm-hmm. where you couldn't before, right? A few years back, you either had to have a lot of money so you could put down the 25% and grow a portfolio, or you had to be some institutional buyer. And now I can dollar cost average into real estate with a lot of these funds and a lot of this tech, which is really cool. And of course, as that has been involving, the insurance needed to evolve from, you know, these same companies can't be sending out paper apps and waiting days for insurance and having like a 1980s type process. And that's where we kick in. I'd like to talk just a little bit about the claims process. So as you're becoming AMGA, uh, what is your your plan with the claims? Because renters, right, people who own rental properties, they want they want everything repaired quickly because somebody might might have left a, an area or something. Uh, so so talk talk to me a little bit about the claims. What are you doing now? What's on on your roadmap? Yeah, so I think claims is a huge avenue to tackle. Uh, I believe that right now it is still very prehistoric across the insurance industry. So um, as we get more into back to our Costco brand in Kirkland and we take over and we are more the MGA, we get a lot more control of that. So right now, a lot of our stuff is ideas. And some of those ideas I'll share with you are just, you know, can we, can we work with, you know, um, you know, I'll give you one, like, can we work with like an Amazon or, a Lowe's or some of these digital partners to make the claims experience better from a standpoint of there's an aspect of claims called phone scoping, right? Someone has a claim, mm-hmm. you talk to someone, they describe that their fence blew down and somehow a new fence needs to be ordered, right? Is there ways that we can digitalize, you know, that, that process, right? Is there ways that we can use technology to scope some of these and not have to have a claim rep go out? You know, can we, can we use uh, a drone? Can we use technology? A lot of like uh, almost uh, a company I like, like, like Redfin, right? How like Redfin has like Redfin agents that you go there and then, you know, people are paid to basically just go open a house and show it. Right. So I think those are the, a lot of the concepts we're going to get there. Are we there today? No. Right now, where we're at is still like a very, you know, uh, let us know about the claim. Uh, we still try to do it in a white glove experience from, you know, a more digital way that you submit it. Uh, but we still are a little bit reliant on today of our, uh, what I call our paper or our carriers is, and our third-party services as far as how fast those claims get handled. Now, you do see some of the insured techs like, you know, Lemonade and some of these others that are you know, maybe just like paying out certain thresholds or they're, you know, they're making some business decisions and yeah. those are on the maps. Uh, Laura, who's head of our MGA would be able to speak a little bit more intelligently on that from a detail level. I'm always the visionary guy. So you can see where I'm wanting us to go as a company. I'm wanting us to be more of like a one-stop shop as it relates to that more Amazon type of thing, if you will, like, you know, come to Amazon, come to OB for your claim. And we have all of a sudden we have web services to help you out and build that. So I think that's where we're going to try to go with it as long as uh, Laura and the MGA and the carriers uh, will, you know, let us have some latitude and and flexibility. Do you see the future of insurance? Like you're specific to property, correct? Yeah. To the habitational uh, space. Habitational. Right. Yeah. And so, and of course on, on that regard, 
you know, we, we work in insurance claims and for us, the word habitational means typically means like apartment buildings, mm-hmm. but you know, properties, do you see yeah. the future as finding these very specialized niche markets and really learning how to play very, very seriously or serve more better word, very, very seriously, the insureds in that particular segment, like what you guys have done. And I think it's brilliant, brilliant is you've Mm -hmm. identified an enormous market that wasn't as far as I know, and I could be wrong. That wasn't served at all. Right. Absolutely. I mean like vacant, nobody. And, and then you said, okay, this is all we're going to do. We're going to be super specialized in this. Now, of course, you're super specialized in a market segment that's worth trillions of dollars. Yep. But, I mean, do you see that as the future uh, with insurance? And Because it certainly makes the insure tech play make a lot more sense if you look at it that way. Absolutely. So I'll answer your question with how I always describe myself. Anybody that asks me, like, you know, who am I or what I do, I always describe myself as an entrepreneur who happens to do insurance. Right. And so really Obi is in that same regard, you know, and I, I love using my Costco, and my Amazon references. So you follow me here is that I say that, you know, Obi's trying to, you know, revolutionize or change the way that the consumer you know, obtains their insurance policy. We happen to start in the habitational or the rental or the property space, whatever way you want to call it first. But I'm in totally agreement with you that this same type of philosophy will expand to many other ways from, you know, people being able to get better umbrella policies. You know, everybody in the insure tech space ran to the to the easy kills or like the most named one, the home and auto first and renters, right? That's where everybody went. And, you know, just like Amazon started with books, you know, we started with the, the rental space, but we really do see a bigger picture as we continue to go to, you know, we, we want our version of web services. We want our version of, you know, Amazon Prime, you know, so we're, we're concentrating and being very specific where we're at today because it's a huge, it is a huge market. But I do think we can replicate this business model across other niches in insurance and other things that are still stuck in the 1980s. And as other industries like prop tech pop up, that show these glaring needs for new ways to do insurance, you know, I think Obi's going to be the first one there to say, Hey, we've done it and we can help you with that as well. Love that. Love that vision. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, maybe you could take a, a step back to the beginning. We've talked about uh, Skylight Insurance and your company. We've talked about the acquisition. I was wondering if maybe you could tell us a little bit of how that happened, what Obi was before Skylight came in and a little bit about that path. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, started Skylight back in 2016, 2017. It was to work with a large uh, real estate company called Century 21, who does, you know, basically buy and sell homes all over the country. Uh, you know, pretty decently recognizable brand for the most part, especially like the Midwest and stuff. And so we were doing that. And then we slowly got into the uh, larger rental space. And at that time was, uh, I met Aaron and Ryan. Aaron was a family friend connection uh, that we had mutually. We had never really hung out, if you will, but uh, we had known each other from some weddings and we got introduced and their big pain point and what they were at the time is they were, in my opinion, they were like this Facebook for real estate at the time, right? Oh, and this was back in 17. And 
you know, Ryan's background was real estate, um, the one founder. And so there was this pain point in the real estate or the habitational space where when you own a large apartment or you own a rental, you know, you're, you're not storing your information on your particular asset in a good fashion. Some people are trying to use Dropbox. Some people are using Excel sheets. Some people are using paper and pen. And he realized all these pain points and he said, Hey, you know, we can really build a better digitalized way to store your assets online, you know, keep track of these things that show your NOI. So if you want to buy and sell, things are just smoother and easier. And just like Facebook, and that's why I call them that, you know, they were looking like, how do we monetize this and make this, you know, into a business? We clearly charging a user fee is a little tough. And that's where Skylight came in at the time. And we had a little partnership where as people needed help with their insurance, we would help them out with their insurance on a kind of a revenue share type basis. Flash forwarding, Aaron and Ryan were lucky enough to go through a program called uh, YC, Y Commentator out in California. I'll butcher it, but it's like a six to eight week program where, you know, you have a really good idea, you go out there and they really help you either fine tune what you have, maybe expand it, maybe change a little bit, get you connected in the VC space and really help you take that like million dollar idea. Like, you know, not to quote like Justin Timberlake in the Facebook movie here, but like, you know, a million dollars isn't cool. Uh, a billion dollars is cool. They, you know, they really try to take you down that unicorn path. Uh, I believe they throw you a little money as well and, and really have had some high success, right? Like Airbnb went through it. Right. And so through that process, uh, Aaron and Ryan discovered that, you know, uh, a kind of our makeshift combination of a partnership was really meant to provide that digital rental insurance faster. Like we could be like a hippo lemonade of the, the rental space. And so through that, we decided that, you know, the best way to do that was to merge companies under the OB umbrella. So they acquired Skylight in uh, early 2020, which if anyone remembers early 2020, I don't know if you can forget it. It was like the perfect time to do, uh, you know, a, a merger or an acquisition, right? Like just ideal timing. Um, March, April, I think was our, our start time of that. So, so yeah, so that's kind of how it happened. And we kind of shifted uh, a little bit of what we were doing into uh, what you see today, you know, which the, the positive of that is we brought over a really experienced staff. Like some of the people at Skylight have been with me since my state farm day. So you're talking 10, 15 years now and three companies, they followed us through, you know, we had premium already on the books. Like we, we you know, we had insurance people, I myself and my team that knew about insurance. And then we brought in this whole other side of Aaron and Ryan who understood the BC game. They understood the tech side. They understood our building and, and that's really why I jumped in as well as I, I saw all these other insure techs and I felt like we were positioned the best to succeed. So that's kind of the backstory, how we merged and, you know, and kind of uh, all came together. I think what you guys are doing is fabulous. I love it. And, um, my, in fact, I mentioned my wife earlier, <laughs> my wife also has a rental house, right? And it's yeah. just insured through our agent as a, as a regular thing. But I mean, it should absolutely be specialized. I mean, when I just think about the litigation liability, right? The various and sundry liabilities one has as the, uh, you know, the beneficial owner of a property are, are serious. So I, I mean, yeah, I, I think you guys are onto something terrific. And I'm glad to hear, as you were saying before, that you have vision out to other niches in the market as well. And and that's where your entrepreneurial makeup comes in because I mean, you don't have to just do this, but I mean, but at the same time, I just want to say 
the market you're in, I'm, you'll you'll never see the end of it. It's so big. Absolutely. I mean, you've seen it with, you know, it's it's not we're 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 recreating the wheel in an insure tech light. If you think about it, right? State Farm and all these are forefather captive carriers, different like that that have been around. They, they kind of started the same way, like right? They they were selling policies to farmers and. You know, they mm-hmm. started with one area and mm-hmm. at that time that was the insure tech, right? Like, like create a policy and give it to someone through mm-hmm. a broker. Right. And then they started to add all these lines and they did something very similar. And that's the same thing we're trying to do now. But what, like I said, we're, we're recreating that same wheel, but with the insure tech spin on it. So we're going to provide a lot of the same, you know, core policies, if you will, like the, the coverages don't need to change and everything like that. It's the access point, you know, how do we allow brokers to be faster? Cause they already have the clients and why take that away? That like, there's no point in taking away these brokers who do a really good job and have great relationship with their customers. Let's just make them faster. And then for, you know, the one-offs who just, you know, want to do their insurance at midnight or, you know, 2 AM themselves, they don't want that broker anyways, we're there for them. And then for the institutional uh, buyers and institutional companies who allow people to invest in them, you know, giving them that embedded quick uh, resource as well. So just to be clear, they can bind with you either way. They can do it themselves or they can go through the agent if the agent has the license with you guys. So absolutely, I want to move topics for a second here. And I want to go to um, something that you said before we started today. You were talking about InsureTech 1.0 and InsureTech 2.0. In your view, can you define those for us and talk about how we're moving forward into this 2.0 that you mentioned? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so being very respectful to the insured techs beforehand, the, the 1.0 is, you know, from what my opinion is seen is they, they came into space and we wouldn't be here without them. Right. But where I think a lot of their shortfalls, you know, came in where they tried to kill the independent broker, right. Like make them like not exist. They tried to do a lot of this, uh, let's spend millions on Google and Facebook and, and, you know, that type of advertising to convert, right. That worked well from a like branding VC, get them to IPO standpoint. But as you've seen with the markets, as soon as people, uh, we got out of the pump pump rallies of the market and people started to look at these companies from like, what are they actually doing? you know, you haven't seen them favor as well in the markets. And that's strictly because, you know, they they just weren't worried about the profitability. They weren't worried about how claims were going to be handled. You know, a lot of the things that a broker or what we call a uh, carrier that's been around for a while would care about. And so the benefits of this insure 2.0, which we're getting to kind of go on is we're getting to see a lot of the great things that they did from branding and the speed and the technology and making things available but we're all able to concentrate on our claims ratio. We're able to concentrate on profitability and we're able to concentrate on the independent channel. Like so many of those 1.0s actually I've helped get into their producer portal or get into some of the uh, IA channels because they realize that's good business. Right. And they, they should be there. And so, you know, hindsight 2020, we get to, kind of see what they did, take the good of what they have brought to the space, which is a lot. And then, you know, attack those things that might have uh, been done a little bit better or differently if they got a second crack at it. And thankfully, a lot of them are getting a second crack at it and probably making those adjustments now. Like I don't see any of them falling off a cliff. So yeah, so that's kind of the difference is it was 
grow at all costs, brand, 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 kill the independent broker, you know, write as much go IPO. And now you're seeing a little bit of like grow, but keep an idea on profitability a little bit. And your you know, your real profitability, which is your claims ratio, uh, include the independent brokers and not just include them, like enrich them, right. Because they still control 80 some percent of the business. And you know, that's really what I'm seeing between the 1.0 to 2.0 bridge. So your time as an agent must have been super valuable to you in understanding the nature of the whole thing. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't be where I'm at without, you know, I started at State Farm as an agent um, and then, you know, went through the IA channel and now in the insure tech. And it's it's really is valuable because I've seen all aspects. I've got to do some consulting in the insure tech prior to that. I've got to help bring on agents for some other insure techs or recruit. So I've got to be really well-rounded in the entire space. Uh, with that being said, as you mentioned a million times, this industry is huge. So there's still so much of the insurance. And even though I've been doing it since diapers, there's still so much uh, that I haven't touched, which is kind of exciting. And why we have partners at OB who do touch those things. And, mm-hmm. you know, I stay a little bit more on the sales side, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's really exciting. And I just love being a part of this you know, next phase and there'll be 3.0, you know, just like, you know, no uh, you're seeing with the right now in uh, the internet. No question. I mean, we can look at any technology company that has been around for a long time is not the same today as it was back then. And the needs of the marketplace are different. And you're the marketplace that you're in, the, or I should say the customer base that you're in is probably changing dramatically. And, and as interest rates change, and uh, and the economy evolves, it will present new challenges as well as new opportunities in that market that you guys spend your time in. I'm sure you're talking about that already. Absolutely. I think things are the, things are going, and I'm sure people talked about this in 2000s, people talked about it in the 90s, talked about the 80s. Things are always feel like they're going, you know, with the phrase of, hey, things are moving five times faster than it did 10 years ago. And I'm pretty sure that's always been a phrase. Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. going to continue to do that. And 10 years from now, someone's going to say that same thing about, you know, 2022, like, oh man, we are five times faster than they, you know, they moved back then. And, uh, I think the difference between, you know, any company is just, yeah, being able to adapt because, you know, the one thing we didn't even touch on is this whole idea of blockchain and all the crypto and the different things like that, that's going to fall into our insured tech space which is already falling into our space. Yes, right. And at OB, we got a pretty good eye on that. We are uh, concentrating on that as well. A little bit more behind the scenes right now, but we know that that's important and is going to be part of the Web3 revolution and definitely is going to something we're going to have to interact with and uh, be nimble on as well. Well, this is great because now we know why we can have you back and and what we'll talk about. So thank you for setting that up for us because we're not smart enough to figure that out on our own. I guarantee (laughs) you. And uh, that's why that's why we have other people that work with us so they can think of everything. We're just here because we're the on-air personalities. Isn't that right, Lee? That's right, Rob. I knew there was a reason. Uh, last thing before we go, you got to tell us about the kid because he's a 95 percentile kid. Oh, yeah. So my, my favorite subject for last. Uh, yes, I have a, as of this recording, a uh, six month old and his name is Penn. Uh, my wife doesn't like this example, but like Penn and Teller, you know, P-E-N-N. <laughs> and he is, I'm 5'11". My wife is 5'1". And uh, he is in 95, 96 percentile height, weight, everything. Uh, we went through IVF to have him. And our only thoughts is that he got a little extra juice 
uh, through that because he is, he is one big kid, but more importantly, he is, he's a lot of fun. He's healthy. And, uh, right now, like, you know, outside of doing a podcast with you all, uh, and closing some rental business, uh, he's, you know, he's uh, number one thing that I have on my mind and want to do. Fun, fun. We thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Matt. For being with us today. Love your company. Love thank it. You. Love what you're doing. Love the prospects and the management thereof. And, uh, and we can't thank you enough for being with us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I think you could sense my excitement about OB. I could. I could. Um, <laughs> and I'm not exactly sure why. I guess just because my wife has a particular background in in real estate and rentals and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, we've, we've talked about it a lot. She's very interested in it over time. And um, it's just a good idea. It's just a it simple is, good, a good idea. idea. I would agree. It's a, it's a niche market. Uh, not even a niche, right? It's a big market that that needs specialty insurance, and it's nice that people know where they can go get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's great, and it, and that they've uh, made a lot of progress on it. They have it together. They're they're growing. They've uh, built their MGA, and um, yeah, terrific. Um, we thank Matt a ton for being with us today. We thank our intrepid producers. Al and Alicia, the two Al's, as we like to call them. Uh, like uh, we, we've, ne- we've never called them, them that one time, have we? Not one time. Not even, not even once. That was the first time. And <laughs> uh, we thank the two Al's for uh, all the work they do so that you guys have something to listen to. We thank you most especially for being with us, for being our partners in this journey. And so we'll say to you until next time. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>